0: So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 126. Today our passages will continue to look at the building of the temple and we'll begin a new book, uh, the letter to uh, Timothy by the Apostle Paul. And I think what joins these two together actually is this amazing reality that God shows grace for sinners. It's not long before this time of Solomon that Israel has been under two kings already, the first one not very good, second one better, but also still quite filled with sinful things that he had done, and the history before that very bleak, the book of Judges, which we've read through before. And all this tells us that here's God saying, I will dwell with my people, I will have Solomon build me a temple, and I will come near my people and I will help them continue to see their need for mercy and grace because they're sinners and they need that reminder over and over again. And we see this also in Paul's own words in First Timothy, how he speaks of the grace that God has shown him, the worst of all sinners. And so I hope as we read through these passages today, we're all reminded of our need for God's grace and the fact that he willingly gives it. What an amazing God he is. So let's jump back in to first Kings chapter 6. In the 480th year after the Israelites left Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, during the month of Ziv, the second month, he began building the Lord's Temple. The temple King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 45 feet high. The porch in front of the main hall of the temple was 30 feet long, corresponding to the width of the temple. It was 15 feet wide, extending out from the front of the temple. He made framed windows for the temple. He built an extension all around the walls of the temple's main hall and holy place and constructed side rooms in it. The bottom floor of the extension was seven and a half feet wide and the middle floor nine feet wide and the third floor ten and a half feet wide. He made ledges on the temple's outer walls so the beams would not have to be inserted into the walls. As the temple was being built, only the stones shaped the quarry were used. The sound of hammers, pickaxes, or any other iron tool was not heard at the temple while it was being built. The entrance to the bottom level of side rooms was on the south side of the temple. Stairs went up to the middle floor and then up to the third floor. He finished building the temple and covered it with rafters and boards made of cedar. He built an extension all around the temple. It was seven and a half feet high, and it was attached to the temple by cedar beams. The Lord's message came to Solomon, saying, As for this temple you are building, if you follow my rules, observe my regulations, and obey all my commandments, I will fulfill through you the promise I made to your father David. I will live among the Israelites, and will not abandon my people Israel. So Solomon finished building the temple. He constructed the walls inside the temple with cedar planks. He paneled the inside with wood from the floor of the temple to the rafters of the ceiling. He covered the temple floor with boards made from the wood of evergreens. He built a wall thirty feet in from the rear of the temple as a partition for an inner sanctuary that would be the most holy place. He paneled the wall with cedar planks from the floor to the rafters. The main hall in front of the inner sanctuary was sixty feet long. The inside of the temple was all cedar and was adorned with carvings of round ornaments and of flowers in bloom. Everything was cedar. No stones were visible. He prepared the inner sanctuary inside the temple so that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord could be placed there. The inner sanctuary was 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 30 feet high. He plated it with gold, as well as the cedar altar. Solomon plated the inside of the temple with gold. He hung golden chains in front of the inner sanctuary and plated the inner sanctuary with gold. He plated the entire inside of the temple with gold, as well as, all, as, well as the altar inside the inner sanctuary. The inner sanctuary he made two in the inner sanctuary he made two cherubim of olive wood, each stood fifteen feet high. each of the first cherubim's wings was seven and a half feet long, and its entire wingspan was fifteen feet. The second cherubim also had a wingspan of fifteen feet. It was identical to the first in measurements and shape. Each cherub stood fifteen feet high. He put the cherub in the inner sanctuary of the temple, their wings were spread out. One of the first cherub's wings touched the wall and the other one touched the other cherub's wings which touched the outside opposite wall. The first cherub's other wings touched the second cherub's other wings in the middle of the room. He plated the cherubim with gold. On all the walls around the temple, inside and out, he carved cherubim, palm trees, and flowers in bloom. He plated the floor of the temple with gold inside and out. He made doors of olive wood at the entrance of the inner sanctuary. The pillar on each doorpost was five-sided. On the two doors made of olive wood, he carved cherubim, palm trees, and flowers in bloom, and he plated them with gold. He plated the cherubim and the palm trees with hammered gold. In the same way, he made doorposts of olive wood for the entrance at the main hall, only with four-sided pillars. He also made two doors out of wood from evergreens. Each door had two folding leaves. He carved cherubim, palm trees, and flowers in bloom and plated them with gold, leveled out over their carvings. He built the inner courtyard with three rows of chiseled stones and a row of cedar beams. In the month of Ziv, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign, the foundation was laid for the Lord's temple. In the 11th year, in the month of Bull, the eighth month, the temple was completed in accordance with all its specifications and blueprints. It took seven years to build. Wow, what an amazing description there of all the things that were happening and all the ways that uh, Solomon was building. In the middle of that, God promising that he would be with his people there in that temple to to be with them and be their God. And now Second Chronicles 3. Solomon began building the Lord's temple in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David. This was the place that David prepared at the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. He began building on the second day of the second month of the fourth year of his reign. Solomon laid the foundation for God's temple. Its length... Determined according to the old standard of measure, was 90 feet and its width 30 feet. The porch in front of the main hall was 30 feet long, corresponding to the width of the temple, and its height was 30 feet. He plated the inside with pure gold. He paneled the main hall with boards made from evergreen trees and plated it with fine gold, decorated it with palm trees and chains. He decorated the temple with precious stones. The gold he used came from Parvaum. He overlaid the temple's rafters, thresholds, walls, and doors with gold. He carved decorative cherubim on the walls. He made the Most Holy Place. Its length was 30 feet, corresponding to the width of the temple, and its width 30 feet. He plated it with 600 talents of fine gold. The gold nails weighed 50 shekels. He also plated the upper areas with gold. In the Most Holy Place, he made two images of cherubim and plated them with gold. The combined wingspan of the cherubim was 30 feet. One of the first cherub's wings was seven and a half feet long and touched one wall of the temple. Its other wing was also seven and a half feet long, and it touched one of the second cherub's wings. Likewise one of the second cherub's wings was seven and a half feet long and touched the other wall of the temple. Its other wing was also seven and a half feet long and touched the one of the cherub's first cherub's wings. The combined wingspan of these cherubim was thirty feet. They stood upright facing inward. He made the tem- curtain temple of blue, purple, crimson, and white fabrics and embroidered on it decorative cherubim. In front of the temple he made two pillars, which, he had, which had a combined length of 52 and a half feet, with each having a plated capital of 7 and a half feet high. He made ornamental chains and put them on the top of the pillars. He also made 100 pomegranate-shaped c- ornaments and arranged them with the chains. He set up the pillars in front of the temple, one on the right side and one on the left. He named the one on the right, Yakin, and the one on the left, Boaz. We're going to leave it there and see more of this description again tomorrow. But I I hope you're seeing this incredible beauty that's being described here. All the ornamental gold, all the overlaying with gold, all the carved designs and everything else. But there in the middle of it all is this reality that God's presence still is so much greater than could ever dwell in a human temple. And yet God is promising that through this, he will be with his people. And now we conclude with 1 Timothy 1. This is written by the Apostle Paul to Timothy, who he calls his genuine child in the faith. And this is someone who Paul has been mentoring and uh, pouring into so that Timothy would become a next generation of leader leading the early church. 1 Timothy 1 From Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my genuine child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I was leaving for Macedonia, stay on in Ephesus to instruct certain people not to spread false teachings, nor to occupy themselves with myths and interminable genealogies. Such things promote useless speculations rather than God's redemptive plan that operates by faith. But the aim of our instruction is love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Some have strayed from these and have turned away to empty discussion. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not understand what they are saying or the things they insist on so confidently. But we know that the law is good if someone uses it legitimately realizing that the law is not intended for a righteous person, but for lawless and rebellious people, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, sexually immoral people, practicing homosexuals, kidnappers, liars, perjurers, in fact, for any who live contrary to sound teaching, This accords with the glorious gospel of the blessed God that was entrusted to me. I am grateful to the one who has strengthened me, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he considered me faithful in putting me into ministry, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and an arrogant man. But I was treated with mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief, and our Lord's grace was abundant, bringing faith and love in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But here is why I was treated with mercy, so that in me, as the worst, Christ Jesus could demonstrate his utmost patience as an example for those who are going to believe in him for eternal life. Now to the eternal King, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. All men. I put this charge before you, Timothy, my child, in keeping with the prophecies once spoken about you, in order that with such encouragement you may fight the good fight. Do this. To do this you must hold firmly to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Among these are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. So we have this first uh, part of the letter that the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. And I I think one of the most important parts of this uh, letter that he writes is this incredible confession that Paul says, that here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. And I think that's a, a, a wonderful word of grace and mercy for all of us Because as we think about what our lives are like and how we live and how we don't love God or love others the way we ought to, the way that we are far from what we ought to be, that like Paul, we can say, I am a sinner, but I am saved by grace because Jesus came to save sinners. And that is wonderful good news that leads Paul to praise God and ought to lead us to praise God as well, being amazed and in awe of him and the way that he has shown his love and his mercy in coming to save people like you and like me. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net NetBible, netbiblecom copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.